You are listening to Original Remake. This is a podcast where we discuss and compare original film and its remake. Or sometimes films with similar concepts, because just like Hollywood, we are that unoriginal. So this being a movie podcast, um, yeah, let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of Original Remake. Uh, joining me, as always, is my neighbor, Jerry Denniston. Bad joke. It's Michael. How are you doing, sir? I mean, it's a, a bad joke, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know if this ties into what's going on right now. Like, we, we picked probably like the worst be a good neighbor type movie as far as social distancing. <laughs> <laughs> Jerry the Vampire does not know, you know, that, that six feet rule. Uh, very imposing presence to be right next door. The, the, the root of the problem is the same, though a bat. Right, that is true. I, I yeah, guess, I had not know? thought about that. Yeah, so there, bats, there's a tie-in. You know, we yeah. we we clearly talked about it and discussed. You know, a, a good game plan. What was a good <laughs> months ago when I was just badgering you, like we gotta do Fright Night, we gotta do Fright Night. So oh, yeah, this damn. actually ties in, even though it's not. This will be an October movie, an October <laughs> podcast, obviously. But yeah, we in the world, we live the in, world. We did. Yeah, yeah, we we have those powers here at Original Remake. <laughs> Sure. Oh, holy cow. Uh, yes. So Fright Night, we are uh, back to do this and hopefully a little bit more regular as, you know, podcast listeners, um, have heard, I, I bet you on many a podcast, uh, people are uh, using their time, dare I say wisely to kind of like, Hey, you know, what? maybe we could put out episodes of more, a little bit more regularly, uh, bank some more episodes. Cause I've, I've been asked by, um, not a lot, but you know, a few people like, hey, you know, we're trying to, you know, load up on our episodes. Would you uh, want to come back and all these things? So, uh, you know, a lot of people are trying to get things done and maybe spend more time with the family. I, I just assume that they, uh, you know, they're whatever their their professional uh, reasons are. Either they're they're working from home or they've been laid laid off. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think either one of us. Have we didn't really talk much, but I I know your position in the world and uh, you know your your motto your creed is that you have to be out there, and yeah, uh, yeah I've not found more time for podcasting other than I guess in our off hours. Uh, boy, there's a lot less to do. You're definitely not going anywhere. So I come home and I watch Fright Night back to back nights, and now for Sunday I'm talking to you. So yes, maybe maybe of course, Peter, I just edited uh, the the last episode. <laughs> And I'd been checking out some of our previous ones to kind of get myself hyped up, like I was going back into the ring, not like yeah. we're going to fight each other, but I was getting into the original <laughs> remake spirit. You know, I wanted to get the yeah, sound yeah, yeah. of the show back again. And uh, man, the amount of times we say, all right, we're back on the horse. <laughs> <laughs> it is its Drink. own drinking game right now. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. And, uh, you know, off mic, uh, I don't know if we want to reveal this, but even you and I kind of discussed, well, you know, the last few couple episodes, we might have mentioned, like, hey, the, the road to 100, and we're going to start something new. I'm like, oh, I don't know if it's a good idea anymore, because now, now I actually have the time to watch movies. I may not have you know, more time to record, really, I might be more flexible in my recording times, but I'm not looking to bank any episodes for any of the podcasts I do. But I think this, um, you know, the, the, this time that we're in now will uh, give me more time to actually watch things and not not rush it, you know, uh, watch a movie, wake up in three hours and then record or anything like that. Um, I was able to watch both movies back to back last night. And so I think I finished up the remake at about... 
about 2 a.m. <laughs> so a little, okay. a little later than you're, I had you're hoped. Still, you know, you're still – but you know what? You're watching Fright Night the right way in that regard. This is not something you watch at 2 o'clock in the afternoon if you want to get into the, the spirit of things. But that's, right. that's still <laughs> much better than your uh, almost like drunken – podcast you're like drunk on podcast powers where you roll in at like six in the morning having just completed the movie and <laughs> record at seven uh i've never known how you've been able to do that peter so i'm i'm definitely too old for that you you started you know you started off this <laughs> you're like Scott a year older call. than me <laughs> well you you uh you uh made fun of my the the the, the gray hairs coming oh, in on my I didn't face make fun i yeah. just pointed pointed it out i haven't seen you in a while and and you have grayed a little bit in the beard there since i've seen you it's getting pretty rough. Uh, be glad this is not a YouTube channel, dear listeners. It's getting rough here. Uh, but, but you know, you touched on it a little bit. Do you want to give a little update to to kind of like our positions for anybody that does care? And uh, in, in, in the uh, podcast sphere? Oh, no, no, no. Just just personal life wise. Um, because like some of the recordings that I've done, you know, we've kind of like just caught up on like some of the few listeners there. Because you know, there's some listeners that don't follow us on social media, and maybe mm. this is the only time they they hear from us. Um. You know, you you mentioned that you know I just got to be out there. I uh, am considered an essential employee delivering the mail. So depending who you ask, some people don't think we need to exist because of what has been reported recently in the news that the post office may um, well it, quote unquote is going to run out of money. Uh, you know that whole scare. But um, I, I think if you ask anybody, they would probably all agree that they would prefer that it was the USPS that's delivering your stimulus checks, you know, if, if that's the way you're getting yes. them is through the mail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Would you like the Amazon person to put your Amazon package behind your car? I don't know why uh, do they do that. There's a screen door most of the time. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not putting my faith in uh, Amazon, how they're treating their employees uh, in this Especially time. Especially when they're striking. And the yes. USPS hasn't striked since like the 80s. So that's another thing. And we're the only one that goes door to door. Uh, to every door in America every single day. I, I feel like this is a preview. Was the, the Kevin Costner film The Postman, was the that Postman. a remake of anything? Because I, I feel like a rant coming on. This is like a mini mini episode. Uh, no, no. But um, I mean, I'm sure there are movies that, that are like that. Like I Am Legend maybe could kind of be like The the Postman. I don't know. You know, the one I just mentioned on the last edit, because I'm in true, I am in original remake mode, was You've like Got it. Mail. You've Got Mail. And I'm like, there you go. You can get it all out. Okay. Just let me cover another another all one right. of my favorites before, you, you know, the road to 100, which <laughs> could extend to the road to 110. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Right. Uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Um, I, know, I know the missus, you know, your missus uh, is, is also in healthcare. I hope she's doing okay. Yeah, so far so good. Although, uh, strangely, in that world, uh, she uh, basically was threatened with uh, having her hours reduced by half. Oh my goodness! Uh, yes. So we'll we'll see. That's still up in the air. Uh, it shocked me <laughs> in this time that someone working in healthcare. Uh, but it's because uh, if you're not, you know, majorly sick, uh, you know, coming down with something, which hopefully no one no one is, no no more people will uh, will have to deal with that. Of course they will, but uh, people are staying away for obvious reasons. You know, if it's just something mild, they're not looking to go to the doctor's office. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll see how that turns out. That has been uh, part of the reason, Peter. Uh, the gray is coming in. The, st- <laughs> the stress. No <laughs> <Still> more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna connect with me next week, and I'm gonna look like uh, the vampire hunter in the original film, not the remake. I want to have that sheen to my hair. Perhaps this will make you feel better. I I have found. Two strands of gray in the back of my hair here. Two, Michael. 
I had none the last time we saw each other. Strangely, it does not because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna multiply <laughs> out what I've found. But uh, uh, as long as it doesn't affect the the chest hair, I don't think I could handle that. When the body hair goes, you're just an old dog ready to be put out to pasture. Well, if, if we go with your formula, maybe that's why I only have two strands because I have no family uh, around me. Uh, stressing me out all the time. So for those that don't know, uh, we decided to uh, familial distance, you know, myself and, you know, from the kids and the wife because the nature of my job. So um, she's staying at her sister's for the time being, which is about seven or eight minutes away driving, not a big deal. And during the week after work, I stopped by for a few minutes, say hello to them through the through the window. Uh, the first few days was definitely rough, but yesterday I got to see them in person, still from a distance. But um, it was all right. You know, I, def- I know the kids definitely wanted me to hold them and all that. Um, but I think seeing them in person, and I, I think I think we're getting there. You know, it's uh, everyone is having to make changes and adapt, and um, I think so far so good. It may mean more original remake podcasts for you. So Peter so, is separated from his family. But for you guys. <laughs> yes, yes, for the listeners, of course. Yes, for the listeners. Um, so Fright Night, you know, I remember at uh, at a time, it might have been during one of our recordings, you can probably shed some better light on it than me, but I believe you said this is one of your favorite movies. If you uh, follow me on Letterboxd at uh, Projecting Film, uh, I've got it as one of the the four and kind of their equivalent of like the the MySpace. What was it? Eight. You really? Have like the, the Letterbox Four posters. Now I did it differently. Like I just I kind of picked my like I made it more personal. Like my uh, favorites that like and if you look at the four I have up there, they have ties to like you know either my dad introduced me to that movie, my mom. So in okay. this case with Fright Night, uh, this was like the first scary movie. Uh, I was ever like allowed to watch, and my mom said it was one of her favorite horror movies, and she thought that it was kind of it's kind of got a training wheels vibe. Uh, there is some brief nudity. Uh, I would say that the the violence though is kind of leans on the goofier side, a little more comedic uh, in tone, and so I have uh, very fond memories of her with a VHS copy uh me and her like at home popcorn drinks like she introducing me to a scary movie so yeah it, it resides in that that uh, sort of favorite area of my life okay i can really see that um watching the movie okay for, for those uh that don't know this was my first time watch for the original the 1985 version which by the way let's go ahead and throw this out real quick uh directed and written by tom holland not spider-man tom holland but child's the original tom holland. not the not the remake right and then uh, it stars Humperdinck from uh, Princess Bride, right? Chris Sarandon, uh, mm-hmm. who um, Tom Holland likes to use because he was also in Child's Play, uh, which will come out in about three years. Uh, Darcy from Married with Children, she's also in here. Really weird to see her as a sexual object because I know her as Darcy and nothing else. Uh, William Ragsdale, I know him from Herman's Head. Roddy McDowell, episode of Quantum Leap, and also uh, the original Planet of the Apes. You know, that, that's where I know where these actors are from. Um, a vampire moves in next door to Charlie, Charlie played by William Ragsdale, who immediately uh, figures out that he is a vampire because of the coffins and the missing people around town, uh, specifically prostitutes that he has seen on. Uh, is he also Jerry in this one? Uh, yes, uh, Jerry, um, Jerry's doorstep. So it's kind of like, kind of like a rear window. Maybe in the beginning, kind of like the yeah. window. Yeah, you get to d- definitely uh, for the for modern uh, viewers like a little Disturbia vibe, given the, the the age of the character who's doing the spying. Um, 
And that that does hold up uh, in the modern uh, remake, the 2011 version, where we have uh, the late Anton Yelchin, who was, who was always great. Yes. Uh, he is playing the uh, the young man uh, who has um, – I would say the bigger difference here is probably in the Amy character. This time it's played by Imogen Poots, who seems to have a little bit more of a stern hand with her, her young uh, She's boyfriend. very capable. Oh, that yes. too. Yes, yes, and she, she, that. she's not as much, uh, not as much as I don't want to call the uh, original Amy a pushover, uh, but yeah, she she definitely has a firmer grasp on uh, Charlie here, and his mom played by Tony Collette. So you have a really good uh, cast so far. David Tennant will be our, you know, uh, fake pseudo vampire slayer Peter Vincent, uh, but Jerry the vampire, Colin Farrell. So they're sticking with the, uh, I guess, tall, dark, and handsome look there uh, yeah. for Jared. Now, I will have one, I think, caveat. It appears that the original Jerry vampire gets far more sun. I don't know if he's got a tanning bed or whatever. He looks far healthier than Colin Farrell, who is really, really, they're playing up the, the, the pale vampire uh, look here. Well, it, it appears that the uh, the OG Jerry um, likes like his women very young. Very, very young. Uh, pedophile young. Not as much for uh, Colin Farrell, Jerry, right? I think he had more age-appropriate... Um, I would say that, yes. ...dealings. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, that's, maybe that's the modern remake sensibilities, too, that they're clearing up uh, some trouble spots a little bit. Oh. But it was also the 80s. As I far would say as the way, that. Yeah, the 80s, the way they dealt with young women, especially in this genre, I don't know, probably probably not great. I, I also want to give a shout out to uh, the the writer of the remake, um, uh, Marty Noxon. Uh, she had done some work on uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the the TV series. Oh, there we go. And I saw um, just looking at her credits, she was a producer on uh, the HBO miniseries Sharp Objects with uh, Amy Adams, which I did not watch, but uh, I know that was really popular uh, last year. She year also before. Could, uh, created the show Unreal. Um, a mutual friend of ours, Carly. Had covered that show on TV at my brain, and I know that she did interview somebody uh, from the show. I, I wonder if it's uh, Miss Mar- Marty Knoxon here. I, I'd have, have to, to yeah, have have to go back and check then. it out. Yeah, cool. So I, I really do like uh, having her come in, having just because she had worked on Buffy the Vampire Slayers. I, I feel like she is somebody who knows stuff about vampires, right? So it wasn't like somebody they just hired. Like oh let's just do some doctoring to the original script you know what I mean like it's somebody that pro- that I feel loves the lore of vampires, and so the director here uh, is it's kind of strange and I didn't really take notice of it when the the film came out but uh, if you follow Mr. Craig uh, Gillespie's career he um, well he started with an unfortunate I think film with Billy Bob Thornton in 2007 Mr. Woodcock which I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, but in film uh, cinephile world, Lars and the Real Girl with uh, Ryan Gosling Love was that movie. an indie hit. Um, <laughs> Million Dollar Arm, he followed. That's what was, was the follow-ups to uh, Fright Night. Uh, so the sports movie with John Hamm, uh, The Finest Hours with I believe Chris Pine is Sounds right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So that that is a Minute C rescue movie, and then I Tanya, 2017. So. Uh, this is one of those sort of rare directors where uh, he he doesn't have like a bit. It seems seems like he hops across all sorts of different genres and works with different actors. So that, that's impressive. But yeah, I, I I had to look up. I'm like, okay, who directed this? And that's probably one of the reasons because it doesn't feel like anything this guy did before or since. Yeah, I, I had to look him up immediately too because I didn't recognize the, uh, the name. Although I am familiar with every single 
movie he has directed. I haven't seen them all. I, I feel like I saw Woodcock. That's the one with Ashton Kutcher. Or am I mistaken? That, that maybe. Might be, maybe. Um, I feel I feel like if it was like 2007, that's probably the one I feel like. I, I probably saw it, you know, on the infancy stages of, you know, Netflix. Sean William Scott. Sean William Scott. Okay, I I was kind of on the right track. You know, dude, where's my car? I think is where I was going with that, maybe. Floppy-haired white guys. Yeah. They look the same. <laughs> you said it, not me. Um <laughs> But I've, yeah, I still haven't seen Itania. I haven't seen his latter movies, uh, but I am uh, very much interested. And I, and I know they did, you know, commercially well. I feel they were positively received for the most part. Uh, but Fright Night, this one, this was my second watch. So the original, I've only seen the, the one time. So um, before we started recording, I asked you, have you seen? If you saw my tweet last night, you said you didn't. And so um, I, I knew that this was a favorite. Some of bad yours. news coming. Bad <laughs> news coming my way. Yeah, probably. Uh, well. Okay. Well, basically, I, I said people like this movie. I go, on paper, it seems like a movie I should like. I'm very disappointed. <laughs> I'm shaking my head. <laughs> that, that's in how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's definitely some things to like. I mean, we're, we're going to get into it for sure, but I feel some of my questions about things, it got addressed in the remake. You know what I mean? Like okay. I, I think yeah, that's I think, interesting. Yeah. So let's hear one of them. Let's let's, let's start. What's uh, something that was confusing in the original? Uh, maybe not confusing. It's just like a product of its time, right? This uh, the the 1985 version. It's very 80s. It, it screams 80s. You know, down to the club scene, and and it screams 80s. That is trying to make that transition into like a more grounded style of movie making, right? The, the aesthetics of the movie seemed like the rom-coms of the 80s, you know, and uh, I, I guess that's where, like, it, it, it kind of teeters that, like, comedy horror. I felt like it was kind of like a new genre-bending thing that wasn't quite working for me, probably because I didn't grow up with this, right? So I'm actually looking at it with, like, 20-whatever eyes. And um, the, just the opening scene, uh, a Amy? Is it Amy? Right, mm -hmm. Amanda, yeah. she plays Amy. Uh, Amy's, like, in bed, and, like, she's kind of going through all these scenes, and it's like... Charlie's paying no mind because he's bird watching, you know, with the binoculars. I'm like, okay, that's that's a very childish uh, 80s thing. Like, I can see that, and I don't know. I felt like these actors, because I know them in their uh, the later in their career, they felt very, you know, much older to me as well, despite being in high school. But um, just the way the, the 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 opening sequence plays out, I was just like, "What? How, how do you not notice your girlfriend in the bed?" And I don't know that that didn't feel earned for me. And the way they set that up in the remake, it worked. You know, it, it wasn't because he was bird watching; he had reasons to to be looking out that window. You know, it just wasn't for no reason other than like a, his his neighbor, you know, just moved in. Well, okay. Now let's be a little fair to you know OG Charlie to distill your bit. <laughs> the neighbor is uh, with his, I guess, manservant bringing yes. a coffin into the basement. That's necessary. I'm, I'm glad they got rid of that character. You didn't like the manservant. It, it could have been a miscast, but he uh, something about him bothered me from like facial reactions to his smiles and all of that. I think he's supposed to look like the uh, child molester next door type. He, I think he's meant to look like a creep because you're right. Even when he's <laughs> just saying like, "Oh, nothing to see here," with a smile on his face, he's creepy the entire time. I guess the other thing is like I don't know the, the wardrobe probably like I, I it didn't fit like he was just too I don't know I, I guess. 
in my mind. I feel mind, like you're trying to unionize for Jerry's uh, goon squad. I think you're saying I, I they're not getting paid enough. <laughs> their clothes are ill-fitting. They have terrible I, hours, I'm terrible manners. For, I'm not asking for Igor. He doesn't need a hump in his back or anything like that. <laughs> that switches from shoulder to shoulder. <laughs> he, it, it doesn't, it's, there's something weird about that pairing. And it feels even weirder where uh, Chris Arandit is like putting his arms around the guy at one point later on in the movie. Um, because he had saved him from the cross, I, I think is is that moment. I don't know. There was something you don't about like that. that. You don't like it? Uh, an appreciative vampire, like hey, you know, a little attaboy. It's right? the way the man looks. Like yeah, I, I need somebody. I don't know. I I need. I it. Let me ask you a question. Do you need okay. him to be less attractive or more attractive? Are you saying he's not cool enough looking to be hanging with Chris Randon's Jerry the Vampire or? He's like too normal looking. Does he need to look like because you do have a freakish character in this with yeah. <laughs> Charlie's Charlie's best friend sidekick is just like a future school shooter or something like he is unnerving pretty much the entire time. I feel maybe because I was expecting like certain stereotypes and tropes. I feel that character of Jerry's right hand man should have been somebody older, kind of, you know, have has gone through more shit to, to be able to hmm. protect you know, uh, so let's say Jerry is like what forty, right? I think and, and his appearance—he looks like a forty-year-old man, right, but he right. could He's be like a hundred years old. Yeah, yeah. Sure. But I, I feel like his his henchmen should look older than the way he looks. You know, have have seen some things like this guy looks like he just got him out of a Craigslist ad a month before. <laughs> I know nothing about this man. He 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 doesn't yeah. look like he's had any battles. Of, of anything. He's got no scars. You know, he's just too plain looking with a creepy look. Well, he can't have scars because they would be covered in green goop, you know. We can... <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, that green. scene, too. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I think the movie you're thinking of, I like your, your – I can't counter your Craigslist ad because I think he very much does look like that. He's not even Facebook Marketplace. He's definitely <laughs> Craigslist for Jerry. Uh, there is uh, another uh, vampire uh, film uh, that has an original and a remake – uh, with let the right one in and let oh, me in, yes. both good movies. Let me. I had to. I actually had to go to our Podbean page, our little dashboard <laughs> in our account, and I'm like, "Did we cover that yet?" Because yeah. I'm like, "Did uh, we?" I, it's not popping up in the search, really? but I, I thought, thought for sure we covered it. It sounds uh, like we did. <laughs> well, we're doing it now within <laughs> this episode, mini episode. Uh, how the lackey there is old and depressed and sort of battle tested, if you will. So. Uh, it's a fair point, but I think it's it's probably just because it's skewed from a younger generation's eyes. Like this this guy just looks like an adult creep, right? If you're looking at it from a teenage boy's point of view, this guy looks ancient and old, but to us he does not because <laughs> now we are old and counting our gray hairs. And he probably doesn't he probably doesn't look as imposing as what you would think in a horror movie. You're going to yeah. have like the the bodyguard be, but I actually didn't have any issues. With him, I think. Uh, look, I'm coming in with the the, the personal like bias. Yeah, yeah. Of this is a family favorite. So to me, like uh, the switch and I around. Mean, no offense, your family too. Just throwing it out. Uh, this is the episode where uh, we're, this should be a Mother's Day episode where Peter reveals he hates my mom and her taste <laughs> and her parenting. Just don't um, know that. <laughs> yeah, she is a. Uh, she can be a mean woman at times. You know, she could. She she could be the the goon in the movie. She would actually be a better goon for Jerry. See, uh, there you go. Yeah, don't get slapped around by her. Um, I 
here's the switch that I had. So you're coming at it from watching the remake first and then traveling yes. back in time to the 80s. So I have the probably like normal, I guess, you know, film snob bias going into the remake when it came out because I did watch this one theatrically because I, I was I'm not the type of guy that like even if one of my favorites gets remade. I mean, I shouldn't be because we do the show. I don't get angry like sight unseen. Like I think a lot of fans do like, Oh no, how dare they touch this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I do think, as you said, the the premise and the hook here, you could probably remake this countless times. It's a pretty simple story structure. Like scary. This is, this is poltergeist. Scary neighbor. Yeah. Moves in next door, creeps you out. Um, And then hijinks ensue. I mean, it doesn't even necessarily have to be a vampire. This could be, you mentioned rear window. We talked about Disturbia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was into it and I don't remember if I thought the trailers looked great on their own. I haven't revisited them for sure for this podcast. Uh, I do remember thinking the Colin Farrell casting. I'm like, oh, that could work. I could see that. He could play this role. Yeah. Yeah. Anton Yelchin, uh, even with on both watches, I thought he was a better Charlie than what we got the first time around. Completely agree. Um, Um, you, I don't know if I ever told you this, but Anton Yelchin was my, one and only choice for uh, a Marty McFly if a remake that, w- that would have been perfect. That would yeah. have been Charlie fantastic. him as Charlie Bartlett. That was that was the role that made me mm-hmm. go that that could be Marty McFly, and he was like eighteen <sighs> at the time. I I think that <laughs> the main difference for me because I I remember like enjoying Fright Night when it came out, but I I never rewatched it. Like and with the original, of course, I, I rewatch it you know, every few around the Halloween season. I, I tend to throw it on and I, I enjoy it again. Um, but I was afraid going into this rewatch of the 2011 version that what I liked about it was kind of in a trollish, dickish way because I remember really enjoying. And this is one key difference between the two Jerry's. Is the OG Jerry try? You know, he he will rely on talking out. He's he's big into conflict resolution type stuff, where he he talks and talks and talks to Charlie, who who knows pretty quickly he's a vampire. Charlie's girlfriend, he seduces her uh, to the the best friend uh, to the vampire slayer. He is wanting to do everything in his power to try to use, I guess, the vampire like sort of mind meld force powers to convince them. Okay. That this gets crazy. <laughs> and in the remake, um, Colin Farrell's Jerry tries that very briefly. And as soon as it doesn't work, he's ripping up their yard. He's blowing up their house. He's chasing them, <laughs> throwing a like motorcycle at their car. And I remember laughing, I think, at the movie the first time around and enjoying it a lot more this time. Just because when you watch them close together, you're like, hey, that's a pretty clear, like, different take we're going to yeah. have here. Yeah, And I like that. When you get a, a remake, you take the concept, have some of the similar characteristics as far as the cast and the, the actors and the way they play it, and then you kind of divert a little bit. And it, it is definitely far more of an, I guess, horror action than whereas the other one is, you know, horror comedy, kind of old-fashioned, like, uh, suspense type thing. Like, what are we going to – because you forget how – or at least I do. I forget how simple it is. Like, they're having arguments in the street outside the vampire's house about what to do about the vampire. It's like very quaint at times. And I don't think that the remake is quaint. It is like once, once Jerry becomes an enemy, it is full tilt as far as them trying to kill each other. Yeah. I, I like the, what the remake does is because it establishes that, okay, for sure he's the vampire. Everybody knows. Um, the, I think the one that's slowest to catch on is Tony Collette as the mom, but they, they give she her has more. reasons. 
You should absolutely she does. Colin Farrell next yeah, door. Yeah. Of course. I mean, hey, move him next door. Let's see what happens, you know, with me. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, I they give the mom more things to do for sure. They, yeah. You know, we kind of talked about it. They give Amy more things to do. She's very capable. I, I love the scene where she's having that talk with Charlie while the mom is on the stairs listening in. You know, I, I thought that was a great touch. I forgot David Tennant was in this. I, I thought it was Russell um, Brand. Brand. Brand? I, thought, I thought it was yeah. Russell Brand. <laughs> you know, it seems like he's definitely playing that look up when he's got the That's wig what it on. Seems like. the hair. Yeah. yeah, and it, I was like, wait a minute, I thought it was David Tennant, and then he takes off the wig. I go, okay, that, wow. So it just might have been the version I had. It just he he looked a lot like Russell Brand. Um, but I, I like I like what they did with this movie. Is they kind of like restructured some of the parts of the movies. You know, um, I I wish I had written it down, but. Oh, I think it's the club scene. The club scene is a little bit earlier in the in the uh, original movie, but then it comes later in the remake. You know things like that. Which, by the way, like um, the best thing about the 1985 is the soundtrack. You know, it, it it's so 80s that I love the soundtrack. Yeah, we're definitely old enough now where we've seen movies. Um, I would say like uh, the guest is one that's a thriller with Dan Stevens. Whereas a guy who moves into a house that has a mysterious past that has a very 80s vibe as far as that sort of electronica sound. Okay. Uh, Drive with Ryan Gosling. I mentioned earlier that one definitely has the sort of the neon colors. Uh, We've lived long enough to see that come back and be cool, Uh, which is weird because I'm sure when I watched it as a kid, Fright Night – and we're talking about early 90s. Fright Night probably felt far more dated then (laughs) than it does now as far as the like – aesthetics of it because yeah that the club scene and all that like all that stuff seems cool now it's like well what town do these kids live in where right. they've got this going on very progressive um <laughs> well they try to be you know you're yeah. the one shaming a man for having a close <laughs> bond with his you know, his male assistant it's the casting probably he's the, too the ugly way for he played you. it i get it I, he's too ugly for og jerry that's fine i'll Next accept that uh, ad um <laughs> One of the other moments that really threw me, um, and I guess it's because maybe I know that doesn't Tom Holland do um, the the Mod Squad in a few years? Was that him? I could be wrong. Um, hmm. Let me look that up. Yeah, it, the, the the one point where Charlie is looking through the window and he's like, you know, addressing this young lady and stares over. Whatever that music is in the background, I'm like, are we watching porn? Is this Gilbert Gottfried's Up All Night? Like, you know, the I, I felt there was like yeah, the Cinemax vibe, Skinemax. It yeah, really does. Sure. So I don't know. I, I I guess I had a hard time trying to figure out what tone it was trying to establish. At least like with the opening movie, they gave us this added scene in the very beginning. Like, all right, there's two dead bodies. This you know, this is gonna be a little bit more horror than it is like a dramatic horror. If that makes any sense, you mentioned action horror, you know, and I can see that. But one of the my biggest problems, and it could be the casting or the directing of the character, is Evil Ed. I did not like the Evil Ed in 1985. That's funny because the biggest issue I have with the casting in the remake is I do not like McLovin as that version of it. Like I don't like either versions. <laughs> I feel like. Well, okay, so me and my wife, because we were watching the original, she'd never seen it, and she, I guess she'd heard, you know, she's married to me, like, oh, this is one of your favorites, and I'm pretty sure, I didn't ask her, because she fell asleep, and she rewatched, you know. I can see or, why. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure. She told you, uh, uh, she told me to tell you Happy Easter, uh, but now I'm going to tell both of you Just to. Just now, uh, or? 
no, before we recorded, it's like, oh, oh tell Peter happy okay. Easter. But uh, the way you keep at it, and if her comments continue, I'm going to tell both of you, uh, no happy Easter for either one of you uh, for not accepting my gifts. Aww. Um, <laughs> Fright night. But um, she, I think she like sort of took issue, like, and she asked me, she's like, is there, are they friends? Because, uh, you know, she had, she didn't watch the remake, but she was kind of walking in and out of it. And so she would get little bits. And uh, that's something that in the 2011 version, I think it's probably played out. Um, it, it, I mean, it's better from a narrative arc point of view in the sense that this Charlie is kind of a former geek. And I mean, going through the, the adolescent phase, you, you kind of like there's some stuff that you may have liked when you were younger, that especially when girls or the opposite sex uh, or in the case of OG Jerry, maybe even the same sex come into the picture <laughs> that uh, you drop to look cooler. And I think they established that uh, pretty firmly in the 2011 version with, especially with image and poots yeah. uh, that he is definitely trying to be, Something that he's not quite. Uh, you get the sense that he's kind of a, a dork at heart, uh, and he's tried to leave that behind. I do wish they'd kind of hammered that point home a little bit more as far as his infatuation with Jerry, because in the original, I'm like, okay, this is what this kid's into. He's into scary movies, old horror movies. He he worships this guy yeah. who supposedly is a vampire hunter and plays old scary movies like late on Saturday nights. Um, and I totally understand his obsession with a neighbor. Um I guess in the 2011 version, you would say maybe it's just more being protective of his mom because that's I think she has more of a direct uh, I don't want to call it relationship, but there's more of a direct threat that he knows his mom is into Jerry and he's got to put a stop to it. And that's that's not the case. I don't get that vibe in the original at at all. The mom quickly disappears because she's working late. (laughs) My wife says, uh, this mom was horrible. I don't think she was talking about my mom for, for showing me Friday night, but she's like with the, the original mom, like just being totally absent Are you looking and at her? unaware and stupid. No, she, she's actually shut the door on me because oh, she doesn't okay. want to listen to. Okay. Uh, I thought you kept podcast. looking. I was going to wish her a um, happy Easter. I'll, I'll, I'll relay the message. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, I actually like the, the original Ed, um, a lot more because I feel like he's far more threatening when he, Spoiler alert, you know, this far into the conversation, but when he has turned into a vampire, I'm like, man, he was kind of weird and edgy to begin with. And he's not like a great friend. He like laughs at his buddy. He doesn't believe him. Seems like he wishes bad things to happen to him. Like when he gets embarrassed at school, he's like one of the first ones to point and laugh at him. I'm like, man, where's the support? So they kind of flip it with the remake where it's our lead character who has kind of abandoned his friend. And when one of them actually is killed in the opening sequence, he seems kind of ambivalent to it because he has a hot girlfriend now. So it's a, it's handled a little more interestingly as a whole, I think, in the remake. But as far as like the best friend being turned into a vampire, I'm far more terrified of the original Evil Ed as opposed to McLovin. McLovin as a vampire is just too goofy for me. No, I completely agree with all of that. I mean, to what you're saying, I really do feel that each character to a T is a lot more fleshed out in the 2011 uh, version Evil Ed, I agree with you. I don't like him until the part where he does turn, and I because his makeup looks very much like the Evil Dead Ray makeup, the the OG, right? That that's kind of what it took me back to. So it was very unsettling, and it actually really did creep me out. Um, the transformation to a wolf, and ultimately later when he gets injured, <laughs> that was laughable, especially when he's trying to crawl across the floor because it just looked like like a fake dog being pulled. That's that's. About where my wife checked out. <laughs> <laughs> See? 
I should have been watching this with her. Should, should, should I just you know let I should just uh, you know set you all up or something? You all can do the podcast without me because you just it would just be a hey, well, if you can't make it. It, it might be interesting. Um, I, I I like to flip uh, with Ed because I I think it took me a while to kind of figure out what their relationship was in the original movie because I was kind of like well yeah why is this guy laughing at him I I didn't really understand that and I thought that maybe. Ed was supposed to make Charlie look that much more of a loser. But if that was the case, it made me question, well, why is Amy with him? And okay, well, that makes her, uh, makes it easier for her to leave him and be seduced by Jerry. And this is all 1985. So with 2011, they change all of that, right? Now, no, he's not the dork. You know, it, it's uh, McLevin's, the, the, that's the dork. Um, but I like that too, because making that change early on and establishing Ed's kind of uh suspicions about jerry and all that it makes charlie the skeptic so so i think that 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 that's what makes it more interesting when he does start observing jerry from afar because of the little things that ed had told him he's like oh man shit is maybe he is right you know so i i think you you buy that more and that's that's why his head is kind of like on jerry when it should be on amy when she's laying in his in his bed you know, waiting, waiting for him. So I think all that plays out better. That's just some of those touches that I, I think that Marty Noxon inserted in that I, I that made me enjoy the the remake a little bit more. Here are some things I did not like about the, the remake. I I'd forgotten that he is developing his own little vampire army in his basement, like with oh, some of the right. other, yeah, 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 like the other. I don't want to call them jocks, but I guess Dave you Franco. Know, yeah, Dave Franco and the other, you know, Twenty One Jump Street kind of like cool kids, I guess, is what I they're trying that, to do. Um, I, I again, like I, I didn't remember much at all of the remake, and I thought that it was going to be one of those fake outs where we got introduced to Evil Ed, but his character was actually going to be the Dave Franco character. Mm, you know, yeah. they just changed the name kind of thing because I was like, where was this character before? So I thought it was going to be like a like a switcheroo kind of fake out. Now let me put you in a, a spot here. So you didn't like that, but basically. The Dave Franco's and like the uh, the like the sort of people that he's turned that are waiting in his basement, they're really only there to ha- have extra fights, I guess, that replace the uh, partner in crime, the right hand man, uh, the the creepy goon he didn't like because he's a, he's a big part of the like I guess the action at the end of the first film. They have to kind of you know it's like a video game. They have to build their way up to the boss, so they get through him first, and then. Uh, then I guess they get to a combination of Jerry and turned turned to Amy. But uh, in the newer one, not so not so much. It's it's basically like uh, you know meet up with Amy, then fall into the the pit. I guess the pit of despair here with all the other turned vampires. Uh, I will admit though that uh, Anton Yelchin's version does have a pretty interesting trick up his sleeve. I do I do like the full on uh <laughs> bodysuit, the 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 fire repellent suit. Uh like he's I don't know where he got that. Like a, a stump man or something. But that's what that's what it made me think of, yeah. Um yeah, the, the the thing with the added characters, I don't know if Dave Franco was supposed to replace the henchmen, but uh one thing that I often remember is when we uh covered the girl with the dragon tattoo uh and Chris Maynard was on the show and uh I questioned like why why did they give was it Daniel Craig? Did he was he the one with the cat? Yeah, he does have a cat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I had questioned that. Like, I I didn't understand that. And you guys were saying, oh, well, you know, in the original, he didn't have a cat. This is to give us something else to look at other than just him. Otherwise, just sitting, just be, yeah. sitting, stewing alone. Yeah, exactly. So I felt 
I, I enjoy me a slow burn, but I like it when there's dialogue. Um, so I actually felt it a little boring at times when we're just watching Charlie watching Jerry. And so I was like, oh, God, it, 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 I felt the length of this movie, uh, the original, which I think the 2011 is it's a little bit more well-paced. And they're about, about the uh, same amount of runtime. And I think with the added changes, with the you know some of the new characters and people actually given things to do, i.e. the mom, i.e. Amy, I, I think it kind of filled in all those like lulls. You know, we would have gotten had this been a little bit more beat by beat from the original movie. That's why I think like the changing structurally in the storytelling, I, I think that's what helped me enjoy the remake a little bit more. One thing that we kind of talk about but haven't really talked about is the character of Vincent Price or uh, Vincent Price yep. <laughs> uh, Vincent uh, Peter Vincent <laughs> I, I see where what, they got the uh, name probably yeah Peter Cushing and Vincent Price I think a mashup of the two is what they're yeah, going for I, I, I think so and um, what speaks more uh fake than a like las vegas showman uh so uh, that's at least that's the impression that i got maybe that's why they went with that route uh obviously we do have a uh, a change in locale where the original was in was it colorado i believe i actually don't know uh hmm. i don't remember where uh now okay. clearly in the remake it's uh, it's vegas. a plot point where they're saying oh there's a lot of transients that come through people come in and out of the city and then yeah. it's easy to for him to sort of hide uh the murders that he's committing all makes um, sense i i did like i mean i don't like that i thought that was kind of a clever clever change for this although i wondered if you are a vampire like i don't know if moving out uh to las vegas uh the desert yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean uh, like 30 days of night i don't know if you ever saw that vampire movie but yes, that's a pretty yes. clever one where it's I like, like it. oh you yeah, uh, why not have uh, all the time in the world for at least you know that month to to do your business uh, like a bear? You know, you eat up, hibernate. get fat and happy, and then yeah. hibernate. Yeah, um, I I much prefer the original as far as the oh. character. Okay, because uh, Roddy McDowell, who uh, you know, you, you talk about fake gray hair there. Oh my <laughs> goodness! Like, I was like. like what? Are they trying to make him look like Mr. Rogers? Like, what's what, what's up with his hair? Just spray paint. You know, no, his, his no, 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 no. They, they, they literally, this is what it looks like. They they took his wig and and uh, put baby powder in it. That's what it looks like. So are you wanting, like, would you have preferred him to come in before he fights OG Jerry and doing, like, a KG thing where he, like, slaps his wig? and? <laughs> <laughs> no, I want it to look real. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, th- I always assumed... That, that was part of his getup, kind of like how the David Tennant one takes off, I guess, the extensions, the big wig. They, as far as he's still okay. he's still in character for these kids because, you know, he thinks they're young punks that, you know, they're, they're super fans that believe he actually hunts vampires when really he just hosts TV shows. Um, I feel like you, you spend a lot more time with him as far as him getting over his fears because he knows he's a fraud. Uh, but he once he once he realizes what he's dealing with. Like he's already in it, right? Like, I mean, you have like <laughs> Evil Ed decides that for him by showing up at his house and attacking him. So I, I like that journey he goes on. The David Tennant yeah. one is played for me just far goofier. And really? it's kind of mucked okay. up because that's where you have the first big, like the McLovin fight scene in that is not, to me, is not scary at all. Whereas uh, a crazy teenager like Evil Ed showing up, the way he looks, 
to like you know kill this old man is a little scary for me oh, at this point. I, oh, absolutely. That's a lot scarier. The Evil Ed's the, probably the silliest thing about the the remake. Really, I don't know if he was uh, given range to kind of improvise some of his lines. Uh, I'm not sure, but. My thing with the original is like Charlie's constant pestering him to help them, you know, because basically he's their only choice. I understand why Charlie keeps going to David Tennant in the remake. And then we find out a little bit of backstory is that, well, his parents were also killed. So he knows that they're real, but he pretends also that it's not. Too. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's more than capable of, I guess, being supportive uh, and whatever attack they're going to make on this uh, vampire uh, house. But um i don't know he feels it just feels far too brief for me like given that there is definitely like a um uh, a sort of mentor mentee type dynamic once they actually go to jerry's house or in the middle of it because like i feel like the fights feel much longer in the original than they do in the the remake like once they get in the house i think he meets up with the the vampire amy uh but then you know it just resumes pretty quickly in that that one place um maybe it's just as you said they kind of decide that where they are pretty much the exact same runtime they just decide to spend uh some of that plot elsewhere like uh you get far more with the uh the, the woman that jerry has attacked as opposed to just being someone that is bitten in the window and that's a body being taken out uh there's a there's a pretty frightening sequence where charlie finds her attempts to save her and uh, colin farrell jerry is much more like a cat playing with his victims like he knows the whole time that Charlie, and that that's that's pretty effective too um i just think that to have that sequence it kind of lessens the uh climactic battle a bit yeah see and that's the thing like you, you mentioned that he's like a cat he is very much the predator here um, I don't get that sense with the OG Jerry. Uh, they keep going to him because it's always he's his more house. of a sex predator, and that's about it. Oh, that oh yeah, he's absolutely that for sure. <laughs> uh, didn't you know there was that uh, little bit of backstory where uh, Amy looks like his last wife or something? You know, there's a picture of another woman on on the. My uh, wife asked, "Is that always? Is that in every vampire story?" And I'm like, "It seems to come up. I know that that's in the Bram Stoker's Dracula. Winona was the pinup girl for him. And then how did her hair change? The end of the movie there. It just grew because she's a vampire now? It had me uh, selfishly considering, um, could I could I live my life never going in the sun again? If it means that my hair grows back and I, I get that, you know, that, that I could have quite the uh, the quaff going if I just gave myself over to the darkness. More years for podcasting, it sounds like, too. Well, I'd be, you know, <laughs> if I stay here, I'm on Pacific time with you, right? I'm staying yeah. up late. I'm recording. <laughs> I think it works right, out. Yeah. You've sold me. Yes. The road to 1000. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to become a vampire. Uh, easy. Easy uh, enough. Let me see. The I, I know we were just touching on something. Uh, yeah, I, I guess kind of like the climax and, and, and the end there. Yeah, I, I, I know that uh, Vincent or Peter Vincent, uh, he is a, a little bit sillier, played by David Tennant. It, it worked for me because, you know, this is where I, I felt like it was just a better balance of comedy and horror. But maybe this is just a style that I am more used to, right? I, I didn't grow up with the 85 movie, so totally I was just kind of like, ooh, what, what is this? What, what am I watching? I, that surprised me because you're, you know, on Podstalgic, you know, you're going back oftentimes to that, that time period. So but, but I, those are movies, uh, most of them I've actually seen. 
Well, I, I, you know, you're just, I guess you're, 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 you've aged out of your own podcast. I think you're, you're no longer. Or, or the, my parents uh, didn't uh, introduce me to horror movies. At there a really you go. Young age. They, you're trying to turn this into a Mother's Day episode, like that terrible parenting <laughs> of my mom. To, I'm not <laughs> to saying that. This. <laughs> so, Mrs. Dennison, we, if you're listening, I didn't say that. Well, I don't. She actually does listen to some of the podcasts. I actually would Depends be afraid that she Mrs. would click on this one because it's fright night. Um, <laughs> and she's gonna hear how how mean you are to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we we talked earlier. Well, I guess I said uh, as a fright night fan, which you, clearly you're you're not of the original. Uh, you weren't offended, uh, but I wasn't offended either when it was a remake uh, because this is a premise we could use again. So that, I mean, that's one element that we do when we get towards kind of the ends of the show is. Uh, you know, if they if they were to do this a third time, uh, you know, who who would you want it to be? Would you want it to be a dramatically different setting, different time period? You know, what what were your thoughts as you were watching these two? Uh, before I forget, I want to give a shout out to the cameo of Chris Arandon. That was really nice to see too. Uh, not necessarily a passing of the torch, but it was a nice like nod, yeah. like hey, here's the OG Jerry. Yeah, definitely not a passing of the torch because uh, what happens to them <laughs> is not nice. He does not get treated uh, with respect there. But yeah, it was it was definitely cool to see him pop up and I guess in a way kind of lend his support to the newer one. Yeah, I I I, don't, I couldn't see why um, because I, I think this isn't actually uh, this is actually like an honest remake. I feel the people behind this were actual fans of the original movie as well. Um, to see in the cast, I don't know, like they're all pretty well casted. I mean, if, if I had a, uh, if I had a decision, I'd go back and recast or at least rewrite the evil Ed character played by Chris Mintz Plasse. Plas? We call him McLovin here because that's what many people know him as. He just seemed the most out of place, I guess. Or maybe because he wasn't far enough removed from the McLovin character. The thought that I had if you were doing a remake is to handle some of those sort of problem areas of, you know, the, the younger characters uh, make it where the vampire uh, is age appropriate to uh, presumably a teen audience. So the the vampire that moves in, you know, I, sh- I gave a shout out to apparently the episode that we didn't do <laughs> on <laughs> let the right one in and let me in because I, I sure? even looked again. Well, because you, you did a a deep cut with the girl with the dragon tattoo, so I just right, you know, in our little uh, Podbean dashboard, I just typed in dragon, hit enter, pulled it right up. It was episode nine, episode nine. So wow. it was going way back. Yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently we have not done that, but I was thinking not to steal too much from them. Uh, where you make uh, the the person that moves in next door uh, like uh, you know teenager as the vampire, so you could have like a mm-hmm. uh, say uh, Timothy Chalamet or something if you want to. He's the, the sort of the younger it boy for for that set, and you have someone like uh, Sasha, I think that's how you say name Ronan, so that you have the like the oh, little woman okay. combo, yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's the one who realizes he's a vampire, and then maybe you have. You have an area for for comedy where you have the parents involved. You know, you have maybe like a dad that doesn't want his daughter, you know, like doing something with the boy next door type thing. But, you know, she has her reasons and maybe the father doesn't believe her. You could speak to that more as a parent. You know, maybe maybe that would work if you just uh, flip the roles a little bit where we, we have the vampire be younger. Yeah, I I like that actually. Um, and I, I do like how like Tony Collette, uh, the mom in in twenty eleven, she's not like your your eighties, you know, ignorant parents who are just too stupid to understand or believe their kid. You know, at least she. I mean, obviously she's, I mean, a vampire, right? Who's going to be so quick to believe that? But at that one point where he's like, please don't invite him in, she tells him to call the authority. I like that a lot. 
Yeah, she. I, I got the read that she may not believe he's a vampire, but she's like, okay. She does something kid, wrong. Yeah, so there's something off. I'm not allowing this man in. I also really like my favorite scene in the remake is the beer sequence. Ah, yeah, yeah they yeah. both know. They both know that what the other one is like, uh, and you can see Jerry, you know, puts together like, okay, yeah, he knows for sure I'm a vampire, and that, yeah, the whole exchange of the uh, the Budweiser. He pulls the pack back a little bit. Yeah, and sees that, uh, the, yeah. That, that stuff is good really play. good. I really yeah, like that. No dialogue. Uh, well, yeah. very little of it. Oh, gosh, I feel like there was another. Oh, uh, you know, if we're going to add parents into like a, a another remake of it, uh, because we don't have uh, Anton Yelchin anymore, parts of, of him in this movie, I saw a little of Henry Cavill. So maybe Henry Cavill could play a father. He'd also be a real sexy vampire. He'd yeah, be, he uh, would. That, that, uh, that's but the you know other what? thought. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have. So wait, would you have him in our sort of hybrid remake we're doing together? Would you have him as the father slash assistant to you know he would appear to be the father of possibly the vampire or do you have him be the protective father of the the girl of miss ronan whichever role as long as he has his shirt off i think that means he's got to be the vampire's bodyguard i think (laughs) he has to be (laughs) all the hair uh, the hairy chested superman that's what i want so you know who I'm going to put as the father of the protective. Michael uh, Shannon? Yes. <laughs> and he's just going insane. Like just, clockwork. <laughs> just like clockwork. <laughs> well, you know, we've been talking about like counting down the road to 100, what we're going to do next. And I, I stumbled across because uh, I, I was going through like some of our old show notes and stuff, things that we like need to cover. Like what have we talked about? Like you're doing your deep cut with episode nine. And there was a on air at some point we did a, uh, a podcast concept of uh, Mike's in movies okay. and it was start with michael shannon I right, right. That's <laughs> just, right i remember that it's a good I, i'm pretty sure i have a twitter handle for that somewhere i've i've captured that well it is not is that not the same uh picture as your skype uh profile uh pretty I feel, sure I feel I, like i'm pretty michael sure shannon if you one. see any twitter account with that picture it's probably me i've made yet another account because i love uh michael shannon looking just insane from boardwalk empire yeah actually it's someone on skype who apparently didn't know who uh Michael Shannon was. They said, so is that you? And I'm like, <laughs> do you think I just looked that crazy? I, I like, why would so. I choose that? Okay. Uh, I hope they, that was not a judgment on any of the podcasts I've made, how I come across, but uh, we'll see. Was that a guest of yours on, on a different show? At this point, I can't even remember like who, who it was, that, <laughs> how many hours I've got in. Um, It'd be funny if they're like, uh, you know what? I never tell you, you look like a lot like Michael Shannon. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, I don't know if he's got too much gray hair yet. Um, but yeah, that would, that would be cool. It's okay. I I have my Instagram post that I never put up as far as our, our recasting. Uh, maybe I should do that now as we're sort of winding down the episode. I should capture these uh, these images here for our, our third, our okay. remake, third option. Um, I think I think it's pretty clear where uh, the both of us lie with these movies. It, it sounds like you you still favor the original for sentimental reasons, but I do like the remake. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, and um, I would very much prefer to watch the remake uh, again over the original. If the original was on, I wouldn't change it. You know, I wouldn't change the channel or anything like that. Uh, I gotta say, after watching both the both of these movies back to back, not that I will, but I am curious about both Fright Night 2s. I know there is one with uh, Roddy McDowell and also William Ragsdale. And the second Fright Night 2 has none of the returning cast from the 2011 movie. So I don't know if that's supposed to be a direct sequel to that one or just like, hey, we're just going to make a Fright Night 2 
uh, sequel off of the original. I'm not sure. If you haven't got problems, I feel bad for your son. I got 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. And that's the end of this episode. I want to thank you guys for checking us out, tuning in, even though we don't put out episodes on the regular. But if you want to find more of Mr. Michael Denniston, hopefully you have a pen ready. You can find him at The Grand Gesture, a podcast directed by Sober Cinema, Projecting Film, and War Machine vs. Warhorse. If you want to find more of me, uh, I do a retro movie review podcast where you can find mostly 80s and 90s movies, some more modern ones as well, uh, on a podcast called Potstalgic. And also, if you were ever a fan of Karate Kid or even the new YouTube show Cobra Kai, I host Cobra Kai Companion, Companion spelled with a K. There you can find episode reviews, also interviews with cast members from the show and the original four movies. So if you have not yet already, please hit that subscribe button and then you'll get the next episode as soon as we launch it. Thanks again. Your son, 99 problems and a bitch ain't one. I got 99.